0: Merry Christmas you filthy casuals and welcome to the second episode of Stand Them Up I'm Mac and I'm,
1: Javid. and I'm Javid
0: and we're here to bring you all of the latest in the world of MMA boxing and other combat sports Javid how you doing man
1: yeah not too bad a nice little Christmas with the family got a bit drunk did really you get love
0: it. yeah I was gonna say did you did you have one or two beers I had about eight
1: <laughs> Got pretty drunk.
0: <laughs> any uh, any Modelo's? There were no Modelo's. Coronas. Oh, I, I do want to have a Modelo corona. though I to a Modelo. Let's try it. I remember for one UFC event, I bought them. They're actually very, very nice. I don't know if they're uh, worth the price, but they're pretty good.
1: Need to try it. What's it like compared to a corona? Like
0: corona? Um, I mean, it's quite similar. It's a Mexican beer that's quite light. I mean, I'd say it's definitely nicer than Corona. To be fair.
1: Mm big claim.
0: Yeah, very, very big claim. But you know, you got to drink it and then get the uh, fighting spirit.
1: That's it. That's it. <laughs> that BJ Penn yeah, bar, fight bar fight spirit.
0: Oh man, allow BJ Penn <laughs> man, come on man. Dude's a legend. But, yeah. The, considering like MMA kind of finished for the year, there's a lot that's brewing kind of right now. And yeah, like, there's a lot going on. So first of all, I think it's worth starting with this whole Jake Paul situation. I can't believe we're talking about a YouTuber, but here we go.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. He's going to, seems like he's scheduled to fight Ben Askren in March.
0: Yeah, genuinely, like, to be fair, he's a favourite and I can kind of see why. I am. I'm hearing quite yeah. a few red flags from Ben Askren. Uh,
1: How so? How so?
0: I don't like hearing him basically saying I'm an elite level athlete enough that it doesn't matter that it's boxing
1: yeah that's very worried I hope he's training hard because his hands look terrible against Damien Noyer
0: exactly that's the thing because people have been asking me about like Ben Askren's chances and stuff and like compared to like a regular MMA fighter and even like a regular MMA fighter who's got pretty decent stand-up, I think, could take Jake Paul. But Ben Askren's yep. stand-up looks like non existent apart from like bus driver uppercuts.
1: <laughs> I like those little I don't even know what the little shovel uppercuts. They they were with land them, but they just look so hideous.
0: Yeah, they're proper proper ugly. But in like a real boxing fight, I just don't see like that's just not the same as MMA. Yeah.
1: yeah. <sighs> I'd hate for him to to just lose to, to Jake Paul, but, I mean, it is what it is. I think he's probably going to lose.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And Jake Paul's smart, right? He's calling out Ben Askren and Dylan Dennis because he knows he can build off of these guys who are grapplers and who don't have the best stand-up.
1: Yeah, he's definitely like cherry-picking the best fights, which is smart because they're very decorated. Well, at least Ben Askren is decorated in May. And Dylan I mean, Dennis is in jiu-jitsu
0: yeah i mean it's just a real shame like boxing's always kind of been a bit of a sideshow in terms of like pay-per-view buys above everything and kind of like that whole sideshow aspect of it but when Mm. it then comes to an mma it like Jake paul beating ben askren and dylan dennis say for example in a boxing match that does Mm. nothing for boxing really
1: what do you mean boxing is a sideshow not a
0: sideshow i i I guess that I know, there's quite a lot of politics to it, but also the fact that, like, boxing isn't afraid to put on, like, these crazy super fights just to kind of draw money.
1: Oh, right. The more circus kind of shows as opposed to... Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Like with McGregor and Floyd. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
0: But, yeah, and, and you know, Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., for example.
1: Yeah, that was...
0: Oh, to be fair... Like I was actually quite impressed by that. I had very low expectations.
1: Yeah, Tyson looked good. Um, Roy was just trying to clinch him the whole fight, but I thought Tyson looked pretty decent.
0: But then when it comes to like say Jake Paul versus Ben Askren or Dylan Danis, if he goes out there and smokes them in a boxing match, I mean, it, I don't think it really does anything for boxing, and it makes MMA look bad.
1: It doesn't do, well, the argument is for these kind of YouTube superstars to enter the world of boxing is that they bring, you know, a new viewership to boxing, but I just, I see the point, but I don't think it works. I don't think young fighters, or I mean young fans that are going to start watching boxing because of these YouTubers, they're just going to watch those YouTubers fight and then that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many people say in like 20 years, how many future world champions are going to say the first ever match I saw that wanted me to get into boxing was like Logan Paul versus KSI?
1: <laughs> Not many, I hope.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah. that just segues nicely into the other Paul brother, uh, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. What do you make of that?
1: It's just so uh, it's so weird that just the huge height difference. I mean, I'm going to check now. I think Floyd is like. Let me check Floyd. I think Floyd's like 5'7". He is. He's 5'8". And Logan Paul is... Like 6'1"? I think
0: he's like 5'6". He's
1: 6'2". He's 6'2". Yeah. But, interestingly enough, so Floyd is 5'8". Logan Paul is 6'2". The difference between Canelo was... And uh, Callum Smith was that Canelo's 5'8". Callum Smith was 6'3". As well.
0: Yeah.
1: So... And Callum Smith is a legit world champion and he got the brakes beat off of him by Canelo, so
0: if people think (laughs) that
1: that Floyd is going to lose because of the height difference in reach, they're just very much mistaken.
0: I mean, also as well, there's a reason why Stefan Struf isn't the UFC heavyweight champion. Like, (laughs) height isn't everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. And the whole argument that he's going to land a big punch is just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I I think it's, again, another Mayweather kind of freak show thing with like When he fought that guy in Japan, I can't even remember Mm. his name. I can't remember
1: his name, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. He smoked him very quickly. I think that guy was smaller than than Floyd as well, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, is Floyd just getting into loads of debt and he's having to do this kind of stuff to (sighs) stay afloat? He
1: must be, but it's just ridiculous that he makes so much money and then just has to keep doing these weird fights. I mean, credit to him, it's an easy fight for him, it's a lot of money, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if you're either of them, it makes sense. Like, if you're Logan Paul, like, you'll get beat up by one of the greats of all time for probably quite a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd do that. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> you get the brakes that are uh, beaten off of you for a bag. For, yeah. yeah I probably I probably would as well. It's I think stronger. I
1: saw some with the um, amount of money he'd be getting, and it's a lot less than you think, I, I believe. I think Floyd is getting, like... I think it was something like 50% of the pay-per-views and Logan was getting like maybe five. Five what?
0: Five dollars? No, five
1: percent of the (laughs) pay-per-views.
0: Well, to be fair, that's still quite a lot of money. Say it breaks like a million.
1: Yeah, it's still a decent amount. It's just way less than Floyd, but I mean, that's to be expected.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he is Mr. A side. What did Canelo have to say on it?
1: Yeah, I watched the video on him. His argument was that it's disrespectful to have these kind of uh, fights because it takes away from all the young talent having to like proper work their way to the top and get paid very little and just about get by and use all their money that they win essentially for their training camp and nutritionists. And uh, um, yeah, you're just taking away the spotlight from these young fighters and that's just kind of unfair and disrespectful to the sport of boxing which i agree with but at the end of the day business is business so
0: yeah i was going to say like i think the idea is like if you are a promoter you you know you see the money in this you can see clearly as a business decision as much as it might stunt the growth of young fighters it's a way for a couple of nights or one night to bring so many eyes to boxing and with their eyes comes their wallets right
1: yeah, I, I do um, side with Canelo, though, because I don't think Canelo view, looks at it from a business point of view. I think he's looking at it from a, you know, boxing is his passion.
0: Yeah. Come well, so you side, with, you side with Canelo because you're a fellow Latino.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. 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 we'll take that one on the chin.
0: Another thing to talk about recent sort of business, all the latest kind of UFC cuts and what. Twenty Twenty One's looking like for UFC and some of the other major promotions
1: um, there's a lot of interesting fights I mean Bellator's got um, wait did Bellator get Pets or did he go oh, to PFL
0: Pettis went to the PFL yeah so
1: Pets went to PFL um, Rumble Yoel oh, God. Corey Anderson is somewhere crying, I'm
0: crying. <laughs> <laughs> imagine you're Corey Anderson like you've basically secured a number one contender shot and then within two weeks you've heard basically Rumble, Romero wanna come. Vader wants to move back down and challenge again.
1: And you've got a monster in Nemkov in the champion. It's all just oh, that division looks very good now.
0: I mean, to be fair, this is an interesting one. So you've got Nemkov, Vader, Romero, Rumble, mm. Phil Davis, Leoto Machido, arguably Corey a better Anderson, and argu- Sassi.
1: It's arguably a better lightweight division than the UFC.
0: Well, say they were to do a Grand Prix, who do you reckon wins?
1: Of all the Bellator fighters, well, I mean, it's hard to say. Rumble's been out for so long, I don't know how he's going to look when he comes back. Romero at 2.05 is interesting. I like that because he's fucking massive. So he's I think short he,
0: though, he is very short.
1: He is short, but I don't know, man, The guy's a monster. I think he can, think he can do it, but Nemkov, the way he just destroyed Beta, I'm kind of I'm on the yeah. high train.
0: His speed was crazy. I remember watching that fight. Bader just didn't really have an answer for his speed. It was yeah, quite his, crazy. his
1: striking was crisp. But yeah, but maybe if Romero wrestles, he can do it. I don't know. Maybe if he decides to stop being a dick and actually wrestle.
0: <laughs> I, I think as well, with a Grand Prix, it kind of depends on the brackets. Because stars make fights. We all kind of yeah. know that. So I would pose to you an easier question. Who wins in a fight at 2.05, hmm. Rumble or Romero?
1: Hmm. Is this a five-round fight?
0: I mean, neither man that has the gas tank. But um, Actually, I think Benator does um, three-round main events, unless it's a title fight. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, three rounds. I'm
1: trying to think. Uh, you know what? I'm going with Romero.
0: Okay, what's your reasoning?
1: I think he's obviously been more active recently. And, and even though he's on a bit of a skid, he's looked very good very in his last... Even though he's lost all of those fights, he's looked very good in all of them. I mean, the easy one was anomaly because that was just... Nothing happened but... Two very close fights with, um, with Whittaker and a, and a pretty close fight with Costa and he looked good in all of them. So, yeah. that activity I, I, is important.
0: I, I do get that. But I think people have just forgotten about the Rumble Johnson who left.
1: I mean, it's it's hard to say. If if he comes back just as good as he was, then you know maybe Romero's going to sleep. But just trying to process in my mind, seeing Romero be knocked out, it just doesn't register in my mind. I don't think it's possible.
0: I mean, this is the Rumble Johnson who was like kind of like the predecessor to Francis and mm. as like the scariest power puncher in the world.
1: Yeah. I see that. It's just a case of two absolute monsters, but I guess, yeah, um, Rumble would be in his more comfortable weight class as opposed to Romero moving up.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, I think, yeah, to be fair, I think it is actually a close fight, and I'd probably feel tempted to bet on the underdog. But yeah, yeah. I think initially I would be very tempted to go for Rumble.
1: Yeah, and no, I see that. I think either guy is a very viable option. But yeah, I'd go to Romero.
0: And then, so, of course, Anthony Pettis, he went to the PFL. I think it's interesting, kind of, a lot of these fighters are citing going to the PFL as, like, a financial decision in terms of being able to win a million dollars with the kind of tournament structure mm. that
1: they've got. It's pretty interesting. It's unique. I mean, when you have UFC being the the big show in town, you've got to have something that makes you unique and make, one the, make uh, other fighters want to go there. So, fair play to them.
0: Yes, I mean, it's a tricky one because you hear so much. I think kind of recently the calls have gotten louder in the wake of all these cuts that are going to come. Mm. You know, how how best can we kind of ensure that fight or pay is fair yeah. within MMA as a whole?
1: It's, it's so tough because I don't think it will ever be... I mean, how do you define the fair? I mean... Conor McGregor will you know earn more than 20 times someone on the undercard who you know potentially could has worked just as hard as him so I don't know
0: yeah I mean it's very tricky because also as well there's a difference between fighter pay and also how many fighters we want employed on the roster because you can see an argument for if you know there was union or bargaining power or say like <clears throat> an increased wage legislation that the UFC would just turn around and just cut loads of more people.
1: I think fight to pay, if you're a fighter like Sohudo and he left because he wanted to be paid more money, I think in that case, yeah, that's fair. If you're an up-and-cunner, you kind of have to eat shit until you get into a position of power where you're a draw, people want to see you and you're on a good win streak. If at that, at that point, I feel you can bargain and you should be paid more. Mm -hmm. I think at that point it's fair, but.
0: Yeah, I think it's tricky. I mean, I'm just going to put my economist hat on and just say, you know, within MMA, we're far from a point where there's like (laughs) perfect competition. The UFC, to an extent, has still a a lot of power. Um, We've seen that recently with the sort of Pettis situation where There are so many young, hungry fighters who are willing to fight for next to nothing. There's such a surplus of them on the regionals. Who The UFC know they can make stars of them and they don't need to keep paying for people who are unlikely to go on another title run like Pais.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're on the way out, then you've got to see out the contract. But yeah, I agree with them. I mean, it's a bit harsh. Especially if you have someone like who has been around forever, he's been a world champion. Someone like Cowboy has been around forever fighting everyone, but it's just it's business at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, business is business. I, I get that there is a business decision. I think the best that everyone can kind of hope for, which I think will be best for fans and fighters, is just there to be more competition kind of naturally for companies like Bellator, PFL, One FC to just continue kind of innovating and building off the UFC and that template to just get bigger and bigger.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to see a crossover. There's still, I really want to see, um, Douglas Lima in the
0: UFC. I mean, I I don't know what the likelihood of that is. I don't think Dana White does co-promoting anymore.
1: No, no, I don't think it will happen, but it's just something I'd really love to see. I'd love to see him go against a top world weight in the, in the UFC.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, one of Bellator's top people finally transitioning to the UFC, we have the details of Michael Chandler's first opponent. Did you like that segue?
1: I love that, mate. That was clean, smooth. Yeah, that, not too bad. Was, very professional. That, that
0: was very. <laughs> that was very clean. <laughs> um, so yeah, Chandler versus Hooker, I believe, is the co-main for Connor versus Poirier, UFC two five seven.
1: I think the the fact they're on the same card is amazing. I was initially very surprised that Chandler got and took that fight. I thought he we was going to wait for a, a top guy like Ferguson or something, but I guess everyone was booked up and he decided to go with him. Given that he's on a con, uh, Connor undercard or co-main to Connor, I guess it makes somewhat more sense. He'll probably get paid more for being on the, on the co-main, but I don't know. I thought he yeah. would have held out for a bigger fight. Bigger I, I
0: think as well with Chandler, I think the waiting game... He had done it too much so mm-hmm. he was the backup for Gaethje versus Khabib there was quite a lot of hype around him in terms of the UFC promoting him being like this chamber guy biggest free agent we've got him he's ready to make a splash and yeah. obviously because he because he was cutting weight he didn't really have that opportunity to fight coming straight after that a lot yeah. of people thought Tony Ferguson versus Chandler would have been good
1: yeah that would have been that would have been good. I'm kind of glad, in, in hindsight, that didn't happen because now we know how fucking real Oliveira is.
0: Yeah, man, Oliveira is super legit. Very happy with him. But,
1: yeah, if if Chandler can go out and look good against um, Hooker and beat him, you know, he's, he's legit because Dustin Poirier had his hands full with him. He won in the end, but it was definitely a very close fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the weight in game, I think in terms of the only fights they could have really made with Chandler, Hooker kinda of made the most sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he lost to to Poirier, but I mean, again, very close fight, so
0: Yeah, and is fighting McGregor, so it yeah. really is a way to see is Chandler as good as he says he is.
1: Yeah, I think that'll catapult him anyway. He'll, the next fight, if he does win, he'll be against top contender or,
0: you know. Maybe Justin Gaethje versus Chandler. That would be a sick fight. Oh my god.
1: That'd be a good fight if, if he wins, yeah. It'd be interesting.
0: So, who do you have for hooker versus Chandler?
1: Bro, honestly, I don't think I've, I've seen enough of Chandler. I don't know yet how he'd fare in the UFC. I was just seeing a video of Khabib talking about his, his record and saying that's not very impressive and how he <laughs> lost a fight to a 145er and I was like, huh, fair enough.
0: I mean, it is a pitbull, I believe. One of the pitbull brothers. So, same just to some 145er, I think's a bit unfair.
1: It is unfair, but I mean, at the same time, we saw like, arguably the greatest of all time, 145 of max, go up to 155 to face Poirier and get slapped. So I feel like there's kind of an expectation for you to, uh, you know, perform against a smaller guy and yeah, you to have lost. It's just oh, a no, bit definitely. strange that he's been pushed so hard. I mean, he, he, I mean, what's his record? Was he like on a huge win streak before this or...
0: Uh, I mean, well, he's probably the most decorated Bellator 155 or ever. I don't okay. think that's uh, too hard. I'm just pulling up his record now. But yeah. Have you seen the video of him on uh, Usman training?
1: Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. He's
0: yeah. pretty wavy. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he's 21 and five. Mm. Uh, I'm just looking now. Yeah. I mean, he's a very decorated Bellator world champ. He lost his belt to Patricio Freire, uh, one of the Pitbull brothers. Then he beat Benson Henderson recently to mm. end out his contract. You know, Benson Henderson's obviously a very well-established name. Yeah. ko him in the first round. I remember watching that.
1: Bro, I'd love to have the Pitbull brothers in the
0: UFC. Oh, man, that would be amazing. Oh, man, that would be sick. But yeah, he, he, I think he's best known for, like, the fights with Eddie Alvarez as well were, like, fight of the year. Yeah. Apparently they were insane. Eddie Alvarez in
1: a lot of good fights.
0: Yeah, I mean he was always so game, and then that Connor thing happened, and it was just so so sad.
1: He had two good, really good fights with Um Poirier as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, Gaichi—that was a good fight. Oh yeah, beat Gaichi. Yeah, and now he's in a one FC, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, that's pretty crazy. And then I thought just in the last of the current affairs, that's worth mentioning, we have the return of the GOAT to UFC. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: Oh, Mike Jackson.
0: Mike Jackson. I genuinely think in a year where there's been like a global pandemic, that's basically shut down the entire world. This news that Mike Jackson is fighting at the UFC again is more surprising than anything else.
1: Bro, I was so shocked. Like I just saw that he was fighting. I I remember I sent it to the group chat immediately. I was like, huh? I mean, after the CM Punk fight, I mean granted we know Dana's a bit of a liar, but I remember him saying, like, that guy's well, never gonna fight to in the liar. UFC. Wait Dana
0: what? Dana always tells the truth. Uncle Dana? Uncle Dana wouldn't lie to us ever. But
1: I mean when you're cutting people like Romero, why is, why is Mike Jackson getting a fight? He He's a lot system. cheaper. He's a lot cheaper, but who the hell wants to see him fight? I can't lie. I wouldn't see him fight again. I don't. I mean, he... The only reason that we find him interesting is because he fought CM Punk and he bullied him. But, I mean... That
0: fight, man.
1: He got absolutely smoked against Mickey Goal. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know why... Yeah, I'm not too sure why this guy's still around, but yeah, I
0: mean, mean it's enough, interesting. He, you can't lie; you're intrigued.
1: I don't. I don't think I am. You know,
0: you're not intrigued. You're I not going to watch him fight.
1: I'm. I don't think. I mean, I watch it, but the intrigue that was that was there before was because I wanted to see CM Punk. I thought it was kind of a meme. That <laughs> I think Mike, Mike Jackson is just a meme. So that's I the like only that intrigue man. I have. I'm. I'm not. Interested to see how he fights. It's more just the the meme aspect of it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the guy said Wakanda forever and was like filming a selfie when his hand was raised. Oh, bro, mean, such a meme. He
1: was just throwing bolo punches in the fight. That's so disrespectful.
0: <laughs> I think that's what pissed Dana off so much. Oh
1: god, it's just he could have finished that fight so much earlier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I felt bad for CM Punk, like he definitely showed like a ton of heart and that he, yeah. like he i'm sure he took training genuinely seriously as well he isn't like one of those celebrities who would like half-ass it like i'm sure he genuinely does care
1: no he was on the uh, one of your boys i saw him doing a lot of um, bjj
0: which one of my boys
1: um no just in general he's one of the uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu boys i saw him doing a lot of brazilian jiu-jitsu training yeah. leading up to what the I fight mean, training with like really legit um trainers I just think he's one of those people, or, yeah, just, I think some people just aren't athletic enough to be yeah, fighters, I and mean, I think that's him.
0: It's so hard. I think CM Punk's a blue belt. I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at
0: it now. I can only see him with a blue belt. I can't see him with a purple belt. Yeah, but. Dave Batista, he's got a purple belt. Oh,
1: God, have you oh. seen his MMA fight?
0: Yeah, I've seen that, that was rough. Oh, um, Actually, Lord. also, I don't know if you remember this person growing up in WWE. I loved his um, character. I thought it was one of the best ever. There's this um, fight called MVP.
1: Oh, I loved MVP, bro.
0: MVP was sick. Like, I think an arrogant sports star is such a sick thing. Yeah. Anyway, bes- besides that, he won um, an IBJJF or whatever, the Jiu-Jitsu um, gold medal for his weight class in Wait. purple. MVP? Yeah. Wow. He what the does jiu jitsu.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough, Dan
0: Yeah, he was awarded his brown belt after.
1: Oh, that's crazy. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> shout out MVP. Yeah. Shout out MVP, man. I love Damn. that guy.
1: Yeah, he was very fun and some good feuds. His little. Uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, suit.
0: I'll, hopefully I'll have my uh, blue belt soon for jiu jitsu, man. And then I yeah, can really. be on the same level as CM Punk. Yep. You're getting there. You're getting there. That's the goal. Yeah, With the return of Mike Jackson in 2021, I think it's the best way to then round out 2020 by just kind of looking back on the year and all the stuff we saw and just breaking down a cheeky few uh, MMA awards. Yep, sounds good. So first up, we've got fighter of the year. Who have you got Mm -hmm. and why?
1: I think, um, I don't know what what you're thinking, Uh, but I saw the general consensus of fighter of the year. Or maybe breakthrough fight of the year. Maybe both was um, uh, Kevin Holland. Okay, that's
0: interesting. Personally,
1: I'm going to say no. I'm not going with Kevin Holland because I thought he lost his last fight. Well, before the Jacare fight, I thought he lost fight. I was
0: going to say, did you think he lost the Jacare fight? Did you think the referees (laughs) stopped it too early? (laughs) Yes, it was
1: premature. is doing it.
0: Early stoppage like uh, Rosenstreich versus Ngani. Yeah, damn
1: right. No, I I think... (laughs) I think um, Figgy, Figueiredo, had a better year Figge than him. Figgy Smalls. And to be honest, in my opinion, so did Oliveira. Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson, granted it's only two fights, the calibre of opponents he's facing are still way better than, than what Holland's been facing. So i put yeah, both of I mean, them above him, but i put Figueiredo first.
0: Yeah, I mean, two former interim champions
1: yeah, are and very,
0: very impressive.
1: And he beat the brakes off of Ferguson as well. He did that very convincingly. But I mean, credit to him. Yeah,
0: but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for Fighter of the Year, I think I'm in agreement with you in Figueredo mm-hmm. In terms of, I think just the wider context of 125, like he just seems like such a monster in terms yeah. of what he's done. Granted, he missed weight when he beat Benavides for the first time, so it didn't count for the title. He then convincingly won in the rematch, yeah, Pete, then defended out. his belt. And granted, he then had the draw with Moreno, but at the same time, it was a great fight. Yeah. And the consensus was, if it wasn't for that point deduction and also one of the judges kind of messing up their scorecard, he would have won.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a draw, but he would have won had he not given that low blow. But that low, that low blow was very flush. I think yeah. that was the right decision, to be honest. I think that was oh, the yeah. outcome.
0: Moreno was put through it. <laughs> like, that was just... Yeah, that he showed was, toughness, man. That yeah. was hard to watch.
1: Yeah, and he, he came back and, and he won that f- um, fourth round, I believe. Well, I don't know when the, <laughs> the yeah, clock I'd shot happened. To, I'd have to
0: rewatch it. But, but one he of the, the things that I noticed was that one of the judges gave it a draw because he gave Moreno the fifth round, oh, the which was a is... really bad decision. Like, that just... He did not win the fifth round whatsoever.
1: The judging is just awful sometimes. It just makes no sense. I mean, I'm glad we got the right result, but the judging is just very off. I yeah. mean, Moreno definitely had the fourth round, but he definitely lost the fifth round. So I don't know yeah, what's, definitely. what's going on there.
0: Yeah, I think Figueroa as well. His success and the fight with Moreno has made 125 genuinely interesting in terms of people really want to watch that division, really want to watch Figgy Smalls.
1: Fig- <laughs> Figgy Smalls, yeah.
0: What a nickname as well. I love that. But yeah, fighter of the year I reckon is So now yeah. breakthrough fighter of the year.
1: I'd, I'd give it to Holland. It's got to be Holland. If you don't give him fighter of the year, I guess breakthrough fighter of the year. Because I don't think he was super well known before that.
0: I mean, if we're going off well known, Hamzat Chemaev has 1.2 million followers and is poised for a potential title run.
1: Yep, True yeah i guess yeah you have to take into account how popular they've become i guess that could factor into it yeah then if it's by popularity definitely hamzat
0: i mean hamzat has just gone from being this kind of unknown sparring partner of alexander Gustafsson to just this massive hype train like crazy man
1: yeah yeah i mean how many times has he fought this year three
0: he fought three times, but um, if it wasn't for COVID for Leon Edwards, it's very possible he would have, you know, they would have fought, and then mm. we'd we be having this discussion, either that he definitely was or he definitely wasn't part of breakthrough fighter of the year.
1: Yeah, so I, I'd agree with that actually. Here, Hamza,
0: it's it's just a tricky one with Hamza because it's just like he's not seen any adversity in the octagon whatsoever.
1: Yeah, he needs to fight someone good first.
0: Like that Gerald Murshar fight, a yeah. one-punch KO with the first punch of the fight.
1: Yeah, incredible. But we haven't seen anything yet.
0: Yeah, man, I've, that's just crazy. How do you think him versus Edwards goes?
1: I, I think you've got a bet on Edwards. You've got. To.
0: I mean, Edwards is the underdog, isn't he?
1: Was he the betting underdog? That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I think he is the betting underdog. I'm very sure Hamzat's the favourite. That
1: is ridiculous. No, I'd definitely go Edwards. I mean, you have to just based on, like, he's proven.
0: I don't know. Like, I get that Edwards is absolutely proven in terms of he has a a massive win streak. But if you kind of look at the calibre of the names that he's beaten, has he beaten someone at 170 who you would say is elite?
1: Mm, not, Not elite elite, but he's beaten, like, people who are on the cusp of being elite.
0: Like, he's beaten RDA, who's, like, incredibly game, who, yeah. you know, I, I'm a massive RDA fan. Mm. But, look, I'm looking at his eight-fight win streak, you know, you've got Vicente Luque, which was Very almost easy. four years ago. Yeah. Uh, Donald Cerrone at 170. Big name. Uh, yeah. Gun- Gunnar Nelson.
1: Yep, split decision.
0: And RDA. Oh, that, I do not know how that was a split decision. I remember watching that thinking one judge is smoking crack. How (laughs) the hell one judge thought Gunnar won that fight? Yeah. Yeah. That That was was the um,
1: co-main to to Medvedal. Till, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of early referee stoppages. (laughs) My boy Darren was still (laughs) in (laughs) it. God. God, yeah, Yeah, it's a tricky one with Hamza in terms of I don't know man, him versus Leon is such an interesting fight, I cannot wait to see that Yeah,
1: Yeah. but I mean Leon is still more proven for sure Um, Yeah,
0: definitely, the thing with Hamzat is there's just too many unknown variables So, yeah, that's what the Leon is, Leon's super legit Yeah, so, I mean if Hamzat goes out there and demolishes Leon handily This hype train, like he's gonna get a title shot Yeah 100% Definitely. And then we go on to the next category, uh, fight of the year.
1: I think we both agreed on this one, Whaley and yeah. um, Joanna.
0: Yeah, I think this was kind of wrapped up when we watched it. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. It's probably the best fight I think I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I mean, under the circumstances as well, you know, title fight. Um, every, I think Whaley was the underdog going into that fight.
0: Yeah, I can't remember the betting odds. But I, I think one of the great things as well was like it was a split decision and it genuinely could have gone either way. And I, yeah. I don't think anyone would have been like felt odd done by. Yeah,
1: I remember at the time, and I feel I think I watched that fight about five or six times in its entirety. But I think it was pretty even, but I'd give it to Waylee because she was doing more damage just because she hits harder, and that was visible on Joanna's face. So. I mean, I that, the right hematoma,
0: team. that hematoma was <laughs> mental. Ridiculous. What that a was fight. was a crazy one.
1: What yeah,
0: that was a great fight. Shout out to Joanna and Whaley. Yeah. And if anyone hasn't watched that, uh, sign up for the free uh, UFC Fight Pass Week trial and go watch that.
1: <laughs> that fight is amazing. Yeah,
0: definitely. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next one, which was kind of won when it automatically happened, was a KO of the Year. Ah oh, Buckley. Yeah. Easy. It's so easy. What
1: that's like out of a kung fu movie. That was that. Was, I feel like that was a WWE move.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things we can kind of say about that in terms of just the technique and the execution. Like my guy was working at Walmart or like Walgreens, mm. and it has the audacity to throw that and connect. Ridiculous.
1: Ridiculous, bro. Yeah, yeah Joaquin
0: Buckley, who you know, coincidentally, has lost to Kevin Holland. He lost to Kevin Holland earlier in the year. Got yeah. knocked out, but now he's got a lot of momentum, you know, off the back of that KO. Yeah. The UFC want to capitalize on that,
1: yeah. He won um, by KO again after that fight, didn't he? The yeah, NBA.
0: I think he's booked for a January to
1: fight again. Yeah, that's good. Probably a good measure. I, I don't know how I stumbled across a video of him where there was um, like um, an MMA coach talking about him and the area he's from. Apparently, he's a bit of a, a bully, like, he'll go into gyms and want to fight. Um, people below his weight class and just beat them up, just beat the crap out of them, spar super hard.
0: I think this was Tim Means, right? Because this relates to the beef between him and Team Means.
1: Yeah, something like that. Was. Yeah, and that he's yeah. been banned from. from yeah,
0: strangers. there's a lot of accusations, and basically Joking Buckley saying that that's not true. Like that, this team's just kind of making him up and stuff. Mm. So that that'd be an interesting one. Him versus Tim Means would be cool.
1: That'd be interesting. Yeah, I think he was saying like, oh yeah, I'm game. I'll I'll fight him.
0: Yeah, maybe that's a fight to look forward to if he uh, wins in January. Yeah. And then for the next one, we've got Submission of the Year.
1: I'm gonna give that one to Ariane Lipsky.
0: Oh man, my knee's just hurting. That knee bar. That.
1: You know what is her face? The face she makes while she's doing oh, that knee bar it, as well. Just it's cranking. the scream.
0: Like it's genuinely giving me like PTSD. Just kind of thinking about the girl screaming as well. Like yeah, it's she,
1: horrible. Oh, it was a weird like. Like the transition into that knee bar was weird, like she had like, she had herself in, well you know the BJJ um, better, but it looked like she had herself in like a, a calf slice and then she transitioned yeah, into she a dirty like knee she was in like
0: a bar. calf slicer and then on top and then kind of peeled off the triangle of legs and then just went to straight really? from a knee bar. Was that was
1: filthy the way her leg was bending.
0: Oh, man, I don't want to think about that. To be fair, as great as that submission was, I went for a slightly different direction. So this submission was actually, I believe, on the last card of the year, Wonderboy versus Jeff Neal on the Mm. prelims. Mm. So one of the flyweights basically had the audacity to throw like a kick and Mm. then transition into a flying triangle.
1: I did see that, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, Jimmy
0: Flick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: He was losing that fight as well, wasn't he, before he did that?
0: I can't remember. I just saw the knockout. I just saw a submission. I'm a filthy casual. (laughs) It's all right. You're forgiven. Yeah, the triangle's always been my favourite move as like a BJJ lanky boy. I love yeah. the triangle. So a uh, flying triangle for me.
1: Yeah, I feel that.
0: Love to see that. And then the next category was what was the best thing about like MMA in twenty twenty?
1: Thi- best thing? best uh, thing?
0: what do you have? Oh, you're trying to force it back on me. It was a tough question.
1: <laughs> best of M- the best thing to happen in MMA is...
0: I think you know what? I'm gonna go for a diplomatic answer. I think considering there was a global pandemic and when like the UFC initially announced it was doing show, I was thinking, how are they going to fucking pull this off? And you know what? I think the fact we got so many great fights and mm-hmm. great memories and the fact we can talk through all these awards and all these like great things that happened, I think you know with everyone being kind of stuck inside and this year being a bit crap, being able to actually just watch MMA and just have that sport relatively uninterrupted was just fantastic as a fan
1: yep yep very fair yeah,
0: I'd say the best thing about MMA in 2020 was the fact we actually got some
1: yep that's a great shout watching Ferguson and Gaethje during this all, all this craziness was was very good I mean, yeah
0: that card was amazing let me get that card back up I think that's genuinely the best card I've ever seen who's in that card again so I'll just read out for you now so it was Greg Hardy versus Jorgen De Castro. Then oh, yeah. uh, Calvin K to uh, elbowed Jeremy Stevens. Oh, filthy! Then Francis and sent Rosenstroke to like the shadow row. Bro,
1: that knockout was so stupid, bro. He just yeah. Rosenstruck was looking like nice on his feet, bouncing around. Hit him with a leg kick, and then Ngannou just said, "Fuck this!" He just bulldozed <laughs> him. He just ran right through him and threw a wild overhand and knocked him the hell out. <laughs>
0: I remember watching that just being like, fuck. Just like, literally just like, fuck. Then uh, Cejudo defeated Dominic Cruz, then retired. That was then, yeah, that's special. that's special. Yeah, Gaethje versus Ferguson. That losing. was a great main card. What a yeah. card.
1: That was, yeah, very good card.
0: And then what was the worst thing about MMA in 2020?
1: Worst thing? <laughs> Max losing. Bro. Max just, losing? Bro, that was
0: the worst thing.
1: That just breaks my heart. Like the breaks. judges broke his heart. They, they broke his heart. He won the second fight, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I,
0: boys. I I think as well, when you watch a of commentary, you've got Michael Bisping being like, yeah, Max Deffert won the third round. And I remember watching it being like, I don't know if he won the third round. And then when I saw it went the distance, I was like, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this.
1: Who did you have winning?
0: I actually have Volkanovski, to be fair. I didn't think it was like... I think for a robbery, it needs to be very clear that, nah. that there's been a bad result. Like yeah, that nah. was a genuinely close fight, and there could be a case made.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a close fight. It wasn't a robbery. I thought Max won uh, three rounds to two, but yeah, it wasn't like Max won every round. He definitely didn't.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it was like Volkanovsky just edged the third, and um, from my memory, I think he won the fourth and fifth. Like, like
1: quite From fifth what I can team. remember, they were all, like round three to five were all pretty close.
0: Yeah, I, I think remember. so. I, I had Volcan. That's the thing, right? I had Holloway easily ruining the first two rounds. Yeah. Volkanovsky edging like the last three. And with the judging, you know, that's how that's how it's done.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sad. Yeah,
0: very sad. I mean, for me, I think the worst thing with MMA, I've got a few things. I think Tony versus be being cast into oblivion oh. was very upsetting.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a huge show. Oh, I just. I feel like shit. I just want that fight. I feel like
0: shit. Just want to see Tony Khabib. <laughs> yeah, that was upsetting. Like the fact it was like the fifth time being made. Tony was like cutting weight like twice in a month because he's Tony, hardcore. Why'd you do that? And then like we're all just watching the Gaethje fight, being like, okay, Tony's putting his spot up. You know, if he wins, then the Khabib fight would definitely happen. And then Gaethje just put on such an amazing performance. It's
1: just like... Bro, could you imagine how much more amazing and special it would have been if Khabib had beat Tony and then retired?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, him beating Gaethje was a big deal because of Gaethje beating Ferguson. But yeah. him versus Ferguson it's was just, that mythical fight.
1: It's just that storyline has been been scheduled like so many times. I just, I just want that fight for goodness sake.
0: Oh, and it. It's never going to happen.
1: Yeah, we'll never get it now. It's, it's gone.
0: Like, we we will fully never get it.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: And, you know, I think another worst of MMA in 2020, I think, it was just the inactivity of a lot of fighters. You know, whether it was because of the pandemic or kind of for other reasons, a lot of fighters didn't actually get to fight this year. Some names that come to mind, you know, Zabit, mm. uh,
1: Yair. Yeah, is he kept getting scheduled to fight Yair. And then, I don't know what's going on with Yair. Apparently. Well, apparently
0: he just didn't tell USADA where he is so now they've yeah. given him like a six month suspension
1: yeah that's a very <laughs> annoying yeah.
0: yeah I mean that, that's a real shame and uh, Leon Edwards of course he didn't get a fight this year no. I had uh, tickets to watch him cage side versus Woodley then the uh, huh. pandemic hit and uh, that event got cancelled heartbreak, heartbreak. Yeah, did man. it take
1: long for you to get uh, your refund
0: no no they were good about giving out refunds pretty quickly okay. Yeah, it was the first time I've ever got tickets for UFC London, man. Uh-huh. And I try every year and I never get it. And then Bro, I try year every I year it. as
1: well. I tried for the yeah. Till Masvidal one as well, but they just sell out so quick. There's just nothing you can do.
0: Let's make a, pro- let's make a pact. Next time there's one, we'll both get tickets.
1: Bro, we, we need to be there like an hour before tickets are <laughs> sold and just have like five laptops, six phones.
0: Oh, definitely. I'm going to use my O2 priority as well.
1: Yeah, it's got to be done.
0: Yeah, I remember when I went to see Bellator in London, Musassi versus Lovato Jr. I'd say I was very impressed with Bellator. It was quite easy to get tickets, you know. I got a picture of Boris Gracie and uh, Alima Leigh McFarlane. It was great.
1: Yeah, it, it seemed like a really good... um, like It, it seemed like Bellator and other organisations really take care with their... The, I don't know, the glitz and glamour aspect of them. Of yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, like tickets... So very reasonably priced, like you've got a really good view. Uh pints are even quite cheap at the SSE Arena. I think it was only like five quid for a pint at Wembley Arena. So oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. All things considered, that's like cheaper than my local pub.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been there for a a, con- a couple of concerts. So it's pretty good there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I met Jimmy Manor on the way to the toilets, got a picture.
1: Oh really? Oh, really? How was he? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, nice he was guy. good. He is a fucking unit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think when we watch so much MMA, you kind of get desensitized to like weight classes and how big people actually are mm. in real life. I remember seeing Jimmy Manua and just being like, "Fuck me, he is like, <laughs> he's wham."
1: <laughs> oh god, I can imagine that fucking two or five monster.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. And like, yeah, just eclipsing everyone. But yeah, he was very cool. God, God, picture with him. That's awesome. Yeah. I think one of the things I'm looking forward to most in 2021 with MMA is like the rise of alternatives. Like, as I love the UFC, I, I love the UFC because I love MMA. But you know, I'm really excited for kind of what's going on with Bellator, ONE FC, mm. PFL.
1: Yeah, no, they've all acquired some really good fighters. It's going to be very interesting. Like, finally, some. Well, from a casuals point of view, I mean, Bellator somehow, uh, somehow looks very accessible now, with Rumble yeah, Romero.
0: I mean, like I was watching Bellator. and so, in some sense, I think they can actually offer better production value than UFC.
1: That's what I've been told. When you watch yeah. Bellator, the production value is arguably it's really, really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. So I, I'm excited for the future of UFC and Bellator. I think that'll be something to really look forward to for the next year, as well as some of those amazing fights we got in January. I cannot wait for them.
1: Yeah, that's a shout.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm imagine we'll do kind of separate preview for that. Yeah. Um, because we've got I think three weeks until the next card, so plenty of podcasting to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But yeah, I was just going to end on like one of the most controversial fights of 2020. I decided I'd go back and watch it and kind of give my thoughts. Mm. So I picked Jones versus Reyes because I remember watching this fight. <laughs> I watched it with you because it was mm. pre-COVID. Yeah. And I remember we were all like, yeah. Reyes has won the first three, Jones Mm -hmm. needs a finish, and Mm -hmm. then like at the final bell, we were all like, oh my God, like guys, Reyes has won. Yeah, I remember
1: everyone standing up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And then they wrote out the scorecards and one of the judges gave it 49-46, and everyone simultaneously just had that feeling of, oh no. Here it comes. (laughs) And then, yeah, Jones was announced by unanimous decision. Ridiculous. yeah so i thought what i would do is i was going to watch back the fight without any commentary and kind of give my thoughts was it as much of a robbery as i initially thought and who i thought should have won so i think the biggest thing to say initially was very clearly and this is reflected in the judging jones won four and five very clearly and Mm -hmm. dominic reyes won round one very like unanimously And I think that's something that's very evident. Yep. I remember thinking it was a very big robbery because I had Reyes clearly winning the first three when I mm. watched it back without any commentary I like, I didn't actually realize that the rounds two and three were decently close. Yeah. I think that's something that we definitely forgot just because of, you know, when, when there's a lot of commentary and you hear the, the, you know, the commentators going, Oh, Oh, he's hurt him or whatever and stuff like that. Yeah. So I remember watching it and I thought round two and three were close, but Mm. I still edged it to Reyes in terms of outlanding. And if you look at the actual numbers, Reyes outlanded Jones one through three. But what I will say is with rounds two and three being decently close, that judge who gave Jones rounds two, three, four and five, it's not like the craziest like decision ever. It, it's yeah. one of those ones where they're close, and he's given both to Jones, which mm-hmm. I gave them both to Reyes. But they were like looking at it, still like close round. Yeah. But one thing that I found very interesting in the post-fight interview, Jones was saying the takedowns won me the fight. You know, I mixed up the takedowns; they won me the fight. Yeah. And One of the things that kind of annoyed me of that was like. The only takedowns he executed were in rounds four and five, yeah. which everyone said you won. So yeah. they didn't win you the fight. They won you the last two rounds, but he didn't actually present any kind of positive argument for why he won any of the first three rounds.
1: Also, I don't know, man. I don't even think those takedowns should take. I mean, I guess yeah, they should take. They should count for something. They should have took him down, but I mean, they
0: shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't.
1: breyer has got straight like, back up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had the judging criteria next to me when I was watching the fight. And one of the things that the judging criteria says is that position alone shouldn't be merited. If I take you down and I like just hold you down, do zero damage and you instantly get up and like, you essentially took no damage and you got right back up and then say, we're clinching on the cage kind of 50-50, like that shouldn't count for anything.
1: Nah, if I remember correctly, I feel like Jones took Reyes down and then once they got back up, Reyes caught him with an elbow on the break, so...
0: Yeah, no, that happened, but I, I still think in rounds four and five, even like, no matter what you want to think about takedowns and how they should be scored, Jones won them anyway.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just, I feel like he anticipated the backlash, I felt like he knew everyone thought Reyes won, so he was just trying to do some damage control, which was... Obviously very stupid, but then John Jones is very stupid, so...
0: I mean, to be fair, I think it was the fact he didn't kind of say anything about how he won any of the first three rounds. Like, I completely agree he won round four and five, but saying the takedowns won him the fight... Yeah, won you the last two rounds, but what was the difference maker in the first three, where you were statistically outstruck every round?
1: Yeah. as was impressive. Me, that was just... yeah it raises output.
0: output. Yeah, I mean... Reyes, he had a pretty bad year. Yeah, he he got knocked out by that Polish power, so. Man, like, he's the kind of guy I can imagine, like, going to, like, I don't know, he might be, like, single dating when he's, like, 55 or whatever, and he's, like, trying to pick up girls at a bar, and he's like, oh, you know, I beat John Jones, on. and <laughs> i was, like, who's this guy?
1: <laughs> oh, he was so good. Well, I mean, he is good. I mean, has he fought since he lost to Jen? Uh No, he hasn't. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a damn shame. But I mean,
0: it is a shame because you know what? Like, I I still feel like he won that fight.
1: So no, he did. He did. He did but
0: well, I mean, he didn't.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he didn't win the fight, but he should have won the fight.
0: Yeah. But I mean, exactly. Polish power,
1: man. Fair enough. And you know what? I don't even want to say it was just a big punch knocked him out. John was doing well in that fight. He was. He looked better on on the feet. So. Speaking
0: him. of uh, Jan Blahovic, him versus Israel DeSanya, I believe it's basically a done deal that uh Izzy's gonna get the shot instead of a man like Glover.
1: Yeah. Makes complete sense from a b- business point of view.
0: Yeah, I mean it's sad, like Glover's I love watching Glover fight. My He's guy gets a hurt dad, and bro. then just rallies. He's such like, a dad. Yeah, but I mean that that fight against Tiago Santos, like, my guy gets hurt and then it just goes crazy. Yeah. That was so fun.
1: Oh, I was really upset. I really wanted Santos to win. I really like Santos, but fair play to Glover, man. Beat the crap out of them. Um, Smith.
0: Anthony Smith, man.
1: He knocked, like, some of his teeth out in that fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember Anthony Smith going to his corner. Oh, my teeth are knocked out. And then his corner's just like, breathe. Just breathe, Anthony. <laughs>
1: Bro, he was, like,
0: saying, my teeth are falling out. He, to be fair, he has veneers. So it's not, like, his real teeth.
1: Yeah, I mean, but still,
0: yeah, still not a good look.
1: <laughs> that fight should have definitely have been stopped beforehand.
0: Oh man, yeah, that was rough. That was brutal. Like, to watch. Anthony Smith, such a warrior. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna give in.
1: Yeah, no chance. Lionheart. Fair enough. Fair play to him.
0: I mean, one thing that I think would be really interesting for two hundred five, which you know, this is from a bias because I really like this fighter, mm. but I would be really interested to see Gustafsson go back down and status intent and you might think that's weird that I say this mm. but when you look at it he has wins over both Yan and Glover Teixeira
1: yep stars make matches guys. this could be his chance to re- like not reclaim he's never won it but win the belt
0: exactly Jones it's is the gone. first time ever that John Jones and Daniel Cormier like are both out of 205 like if you're looking at it you know it's a complete sort of new wave. i feel like this is kind of the best time for gustafson to try and go on a run for the belt
1: yeah i mean that's been the narrative that gustafson would be the champ if jones and Cormier weren't around but if, if we remember correctly smith uh murked gustafson so it's, it's
0: really weird yeah i mean that was a tricky one as well i feel like Gustafson kind of had his mind in half, in kind of like retirement, half, half in the fight. Not to discredit Smith because like it was a, it was a great performance. But yeah, yeah it, it still doesn't take away the fact that Gaston has wins over Clover and both Yan.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to see him go back down. Granted, he didn't look bad at heavyweight. He still looked quick, which was interesting. But
0: yeah, yeah it was just Fabrizio Fadum just sort of caught him, and then you know when you go to the ground with Fadum, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about Izzy going up to 205? Just an early prediction.
1: Against that Polish power. Hmm.
0: i just, Izzy's going to have crazy speed over these 205ers.
1: He is. He is. Oh, I don't know, man. It's just speed versus power. You, I guess I'd want to go with speed. Izzy's long, so he's not going to be completely losing on that front. He's pretty tall as well, to be fair. It's just his frame isn't big but I feel like he's probably filling out his frame properly like Jones when he's going to heavyweight
0: see that's mm. the thing like as much as Jones going up to heavyweight I feel like if Adesanya beats Jan they're going to immediately want to do Jones versus Adesanya because that is such a big money fight
1: yeah it'd have or to maybe. be a 2 of 5 <laughs> it'd have to be all this yeah, is saying he's going to heavyweight jo- is Jones nonsense. then
0: trying to go him up to heavyweight would just be like come on
1: unless what I mean what Jones goes to heavyweight wins the belt Izzy wins the light, heavyweight, light belt, heavyweight belt and then Izzy moves up to, light heavy, uh, to heavyweight, that'd be a crazy I mean, storyline.
0: I mean, you're having the middleweight champ move all the way up to heavyweight, like, that's pretty crazy.
1: It's pretty crazy, but you've got to take risks. I feel like Izzy is crazy enough to do that.
0: I mean, I don't. I would rather see Jones go back to and for Izzy. I don't want to have to see Izzy go all the way up to heavyweight. I know Izzy's coach was like, yeah, Izzy can be heavyweight champ, but... I think two or five makes the most sense.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what they do though, because I feel like what well, he's gonna have to go back down to middleweight eventually to defend his bow. I don't
0: know to be honest. Um, with middleweight, it's a really interesting situation. You know, you've got Robert Whitaker, who's kind of like the clear number one contender, who mm. is he's already beaten. Paulo mm. Costa, who is he's beaten. Uh, Cananea, who's lost to Whitaker. Darren Till, who's lost to Whitaker. You know. There's no actual clear number one contender who it kind of makes sense for easy to fight.
1: Yeah, it'd be... I don't know if it's... I think I saw somewhere that they were trying to look at um, Whittaker and Costa for a for an yeah. interim belt.
0: I mean, that's also a tricky one because Costa is coming off a loss.
1: He's coming off a loss, but I, he's coming off a loss to the champion, to be fair. Yeah,
0: but I feel like... I feel like he should kind of have another fight instead of just immediately getting a shot.
1: No, he wouldn't be getting, what, well, for the interim belt, do you mean?
0: Yeah, just mm. going straight away into an interim title fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, who'd be there for him to fight? I mean, Till. Till Costa would be fun.
0: Yeah, Till Costa would be very, very fun. But yeah. obviously, yeah, I mean, who, who kind of fights for the interim belt while I is away? It's got to be Whitaker. Whitaker
1: like, is, yeah, he's in the best position of the middleweight. Maybe
0: so. Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori. Kind of feels like Vittori's a win away as well.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's there yet, though. He'd have to, he'd have to fight someone else to fight Rob. I think.
0: Yeah, it's a trick. I mean, maybe like Bronson versus Vittori, the winner fights Rob. It's yeah. a tricky
1: one. Yeah, well, that'd be fun.
0: I still think Bronson versus Whitaker is the best like one round fight I've ever seen. I fucking love that fight so <laughs> much. Oh, Bronson!
1: I, I think uh, Kevin Holden was saying he wants to fight Bronson.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it's more so like with Bronson, he's fought below him three times, so I kind of feel like he deserves like a real top fight. I haven't said that, Kevin Holland has a ton of momentum, so beating mm. Holland would still do good for Bronson, I suppose.
1: Yeah, got a lot of hype behind him.
0: Yeah, Bronson versus Whittaker, if you haven't seen that fight on Fight Pass, you know... I definitely recommend that don't like uh, make a cup of tea or something because uh, it's not the longest fight <laughs> but it's a fantastic fight i love that fight fair play yeah that's a good one but yeah i think we've done a mma in 2020 justice you know it's been a pretty crazy year with a lot of stuff happening but i think there's been some great stuff that we've got to see as mma fans yep absolutely so i was just thinking uh, do you have anything you want to say before we wrap up the podcast
1: um well happy new year's in advance eat lots of food you know bulk oh absolutely i'm currently bulking by bulking i mean eating wherever i want and then trying to get healthy again and cut some weight in january so
0: yeah definitely i i gained like 2.8 kilos in the span of 24 hours from christmas jesus i woke up on christmas day at like 69 kilos and then the day after i was (laughs) 71.8 jesus yeah, man, that was that was impressive. I ate so much, man. It was great. It's a blessing, bro. Yeah, man. But I was going to say for all the fans out there, Merry Christmas, you filthy casuals. Uh, got a lot of MMA to look forward to in twenty twenty one. We're now also on Instagram at Stand Them Up underscore podcast. Uh, if you've got any questions, feel free to DM the Instagram. I'll try and get that with a few more followers this week. <laughs> also, uh, in the meantime, feel free to DM either of us on Instagram at Javid Bustos and at madmac underscore MMA. Speaking of those questions, did we get any this week? Uh, yeah, we did. I'm just very conscious it's almost an hour, so maybe we'll do uh, on our next episode. We'll answer quite a few questions oh, yeah. Go on, and geez. preview some of the fights coming up. All
1: right, fella. It's been good. All right, Perfect. Peace out. Stay casual. Stay casual.